All right, we need to get back to having the children here because as Brownie used to deliver a children's message, that also helped fill in part of the sermon. <laughs> I was kind of working on the, the sermon while she was here. Uh, today we're going to talk about superheroes. Uh, superheroes, don't we all want to be a superhero? What, what, think about superheroes real quick. And I'm not one that read the comics. Uh, I was not a kid with the comics and stuff, but when I was a kid, Batman was my favorite superhero. And I don't know how he became Batman and how Robin became Robin. I honestly don't know how those two happened. But we watched, uh, we went on New Year's Day. It was a cartoon version of Spider-Man. And we all know the story of Spider-Man. He gets bit by a radioactive spider. I mean, all the Spider-Mans are the same way. He gets bit by a radioactive spider, and the guy turns into Spider-Man, right? Superman comes from another planet, he comes to Earth, and he has these great superpowers, and all these superheroes have something. And here's the common theme with super people, superpower, or these superheroes, or whatever you want to call them. Something happened to them in their life that made them different than everybody else. And because of this new power they received, they felt compelled to help their fellow man and woman. Catch on about being a superhero all of a sudden? Let us read our scripture for today. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I love this here. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Don't be stupid, people. Oh, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. I thought, sorry, we need a bulletin. I will have bulletins for you today, Browning, at, at Sunday school. I will have boxes of bulletins for you today. Uh, back on. We're on track again. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, my brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that we, you were... Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There is a difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And there is diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another the faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of the Spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one, but one of the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. This is the Word of God for the people of God. You were baptized, I'm going to assume up front, real quick, everybody has come to the Lord, everybody has confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Am I wrong? If you're not wrong, today's the day. And you were baptized, whether you were sprinkled, poured, or dunked, in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit, correct? Okay. And so we're all on the same playing ground right here. And we all have been given a gift. In fact, we all of us have a different gift. Some are better with money. Some are better with administration. Some are better reading the Bible and teaching the Bible. So Paul says everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift for what? Building the kingdom of God. If you're not using your gift, and I love it, I think it's, uh, Matthew says, everybody has a talent. He's talking about money, but everybody's been given a talent to build the kingdom of God. A couple weeks ago I talked about uh, G-Daddy gave me a paper. One thing you do every hour. What have you done for the kingdom of God this week? What have you done that I can call you a Christian? Let's just put accountability into it. Let's put it on the table real quick. But we all, we all have been given one gift. Every one of us has been given a gift, the same gift. And the gift was given to us on baptism. On the day of our baptism. Does anybody want to know what that gift is? Anybody, real quick. Every, each and every one of us got the same gift. Membership. No, nope. that's a gift. But we, some are members of the Methodist Church, some are members of the Baptist Church, some are Methodist, members of the Christian We're all Christian family. That is not the gift you were given. The Holy Spirit, that's the right answer, but I'm looking for another word. God is what? Boom. God is what? Love. Is he not? That's how we describe God. God is love. God is love. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is one, correct? We're not going to divide the three. They are one person, correct? And so, so we describe this one person as love, and we were all given love. For what purpose? Boom. To share with everyone. We were all given the same gift. The same gift is love. If you want to be a superhero, you need to learn to love as God gets love. That is our superpower, our superpower, our superhero. In fact, the next chapter, chapter 13, chapter 13, my Bible says the greatest gift is love. The greatest gift that God has ever given to us is love. Let me read that real quick for you. Though I speak with the tongues of men and the angels, but not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. Boy, it just sounds like a lot of government people I know. And a lot of other church people I know, to be honest with you. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge and through all I have faith, so that I could remove mountains, but not love. I love this line. I am nothing. If you do not have love, can you even call yourself a Christian? Let us put that one on the line. If I don't have love for my fellow men. Now here, let me explain something real quick. And this is where the Methodist church to me is mixed up. Somehow we've gotten to this, this thing is, well, I, you know, we're supposed to love humanity. That doesn't mean we have to accept their actions or their way of life. It doesn't mean we have to accept them the way they are. But we, we have to love them. The first rule in the Methodist church is do no harm. We're not out trying to do anything. In fact, if we don't speak out against abortion, if we don't speak out against homosexuality, are we not harming these people even more? 
because they're losing their soul and going to hell. So sometimes, speaking the truth, even though it may hurt that person, but we speak it in love. How many of us have spanked our children and say, this is going to hurt me and worsen you, and we did it out of love? God chastens us for what purpose? He chastens, he disciplines those that he loves. If you have never been disciplined by God, maybe you need to check it out and see if you're really a Christian or not. Because I have been chastised or disciplined by God in many areas of my life. There's been times I have not felt or heard the word of God. And I'm sitting there and I'll be praying and praying, God, I need you to speak. I need you to speak. And I'm without a, without all of a sudden, you know, I think God speaks to me. I'm like Alan Brooks. I think God speaks to me. Well, you still got this sin in your life. Remove that and come back. Not that God doesn't love me, but God wants me to grow closer to him. As long as I have sin in my life, I cannot grow, I cannot be like God. And God is perfect love. And as long as I have sin or Larry's will in my life, or you have your will in your life, and you're doing your own thing, what you want to do, and you think, well, and, and I know a lot of church people, well, I'm doing this for God. Praise the Lord to God. Well, you know what? Is that what God asked you to do? And are you doing it out of love or are you doing it out of self-recognition? If we want to be superheroes, superheroes, I mean, think of this. A superhero was somebody that something happened to and they changed their life to help all of humanity. We accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon us to live in us and through us to others so we could make a difference in humanity. We could be the superheroes of our community. How are we doing, people? How are we doing on that? What does the world need now? I can't remember who sings the song, but I love the song, at least the very first part of the song. All we need now is love. And we do. We do. So my question is, here's my whole question on this is. Oh, read, read on. Let me read on for a minute there. Pursue, verse chapter 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. You know what? The word no is easy for everybody. If I'll ask somebody, hey, you want to do this? You want to do this? You want to go on this retreat? Or we need this help in the church? We know this. PB and J, do we know this word no there, Bonnie? <laughs> yeah, we, we know the word no. We know the word no. We know it. And we know it well in all whatever ministries we got going on. And, and, and so we go along, but we need to pursue love first. With love, working in the church will no longer be a chore. It'll be a joy. Doing the being the hands and feet of God would no longer be a chore, it'll be a joy. Let me go on to chapter 14, verse 37, still in 1 Corinthians. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that in all things I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. Uh, but then verse 38, I like, if you're ignorant, just be ignorant. Uh, all these things, God, Paul's saying, these are commandments of God, all these spiritual gifts, but the spiritual gift of love is the number one gift from God. Don't be ignorant no more. There's no more excuse to being ignorant. So we got, we got to go along there. Uh, without love, as Paul says in verse 13, you are nothing. Verse 8, chapter 13, verse 8. Love never fails. 
Love never fails. Love, go back up real quick, verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself or is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Thanks no evil. Does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Has God's love ever failed you? No. It's impossible for his love to fail you. You may have failed because you weren't in the will of God. And everybody wants to know, what's the will of God for my life? What is the will of God? We all ask that question. You know, Rick Warren got rich on a book, The 40 Days Purpose. Before whatever it was, but purpose-driven life. A lot of people got rid. Self-help people got rid. What's the will of my life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing while I'm here? Well, it goes on and on. We've all been there, have we not? The answer is to love others as God has loved you. How hard is that? Difficult people, because there's a lot of people in the world that are unlovable. Remember, see, one of the things the Methodist Church, I kind of started explaining this, one of the things the Methodist Church, or people in the world will say, well, if you love me, you have to accept me the way I am, and if you love me, you know, I'm gay, or I'm this, or I'm that, and you've you got to be okay with it. That is not right. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't even have to be in your presence if you're going to continue to act that way. But I'm not going to do you no harm. But I mean harm, I'm not, not going to purposely seek you out and, and, and destroy you. If you're breaking the law, I might call the cops on you. That's not harming you. That's actually helping you. See, we've got to understand what this love. This love is not acceptance of all people and all things. The love is living your life by the Word of God and sharing the Word of God with others that are lost. Sometimes, and I don't know about you, if you don't get offended I mean offended, if you're not reading the Bible and it's not convicting you, either you have turned into Jesus or you're probably not really reading it right. Man, I'm reading, I'm doing this, I've been working on a sermon for two weeks, i got sermons lined up for a couple weeks now, and I'm working on Easter sermons, and Easter, Easter our, our, our theme is break the chain, we're going to start with Ash Wednesday, break the chain, break the chain of the past people, that's our whole theme for Easter this week, this year, break the chain. And boy, I'm writing these sermons down, I'm writing notes, and I'm just thinking, man, Larry, how are you the preacher? Then I start thinking about you people, I've been with you long enough. Man, how are they church members? Then I remember the great love of God and his grace in our lives. So you may come today and realize I have bitterness in my life, or I have unforgiveness in my life. I have something in my life that's halting pure love of God for others. To love God. God is not living through me fully. See, the sin doesn't stop the love coming in from God. The sin in our life stops the love from going out. It's like putting a cork in the, in the pipe or something, or, or a screen or something, or a filter. Not as much can come out as come in. For number one, how to, God tell you how to fix it. Have you really accepted Jesus Christ? Do you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins? Honestly, that's the question. Do you honestly believe Jesus Christ died for your sins? Were you baptized? Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number three, 
Are you in the Word of God daily? What comes out of the library is our heart is what we put into it. If you are listening, watching crazy TV, listening to crazy music on the radio, reading crazy books, guess what's coming out of your heart? Crazy. If you're listening to Christian music of some sort, listening, watching Christian TV shows, I'm going to say watch sports, you can watch something else. And not have, if you don't have a daily Bible study, prayer time program, what's going to come out of your life is not always the Word of God. There ain't no other way about it. I'm just telling you the way it is. Don't be ignorant anymore, people, as Paul would say. Uh, get into the Word. Number four, if you realize you have this problem and you're doing all those other things, you know what? This communion rail is free. The grace of God is free. Get on your knees and beg God to remove that thorn from your side. Whatever it is, for unforgiveness, somebody's hurt you bad, get on the knees and beg God to remove that from you. Start praying for the person that hurt you. Boy, it'll change your life. Trust me. Get in and stay in the church. How much time do I got here? Let me bring this up, because if somebody's here, this is kind of funny. There was a post on Facebook, and I didn't want to argue this post on Facebook. But let me bring it up. What is church? Real quick. The church, we're the people of church. We know we're the body of Christ. We know all that. But what is the purpose of coming here? What? To worship who? God has promised when you come together in community at a select location. Now, in the Old Testament times, you went to the place God told you to go. Temple, synagogue, whatever. I mean, that's how we get to church today. But it goes along, God has promised, and there was a worship service somewhere back when this church was commissioned that said this sanctuary would be the place that the people of glory would gather as a community to meet God. Can you meet God out on the lake? Sure. But I will come together. When you join this church, we need to hold the people that don't show up very often accountable, by the way. Uh, when we joined this church, we said we would be, we just went over this last week, I think, uh, with our, our gifts, our presents, our prayers, our offerings. We will be held accountable because this is the place that we said that with my fellowship, my family of glory, I'm going to meet with God. And we made a covenant with each other on that. I'm not one, Mary Lee's on a cruise. Bless her heart. I told her to go on that cruise. I mean, she asked you to, when I first got here, she talked to me about she likes to take these cruises. Our economy, our health, everything else, sometimes go. Butch and Sue have a house somewhere else. You know what? They're gone, they're gone. But their heart's still here with us, is it not? And other people the same way. So if you're not here every Sunday, I'm not the big stickler on that. Uh, pounding that in, you have to be here. But is your heart here with God? And this Facebook post, and I won't say who, who put it on or who did it. And she's here, she knows. Uh, and it's true. Man, you got the guy in church. He's thinking about, he's on a kayak. He's a guy in church thinking about being on the water in the kayak. But on Sunday, he's on the kayak and he's thinking about God. I'm telling you what, that person is ignorant. And I don't want to go through the whole thing. I, you, know, you don't want to argue on Facebook. You ain't going to solve nothing on Facebook anyway. But here's why. Because God works best in what? Community. God wants us in community. Monday through Saturday to go out on the lake and be in a kayak? 
and feel the presence of God, great, because we know God's with us. To be in your house, I still use my prayer shawl from time to time. I love, one of the things I do love about living next to a church, there's many things against it, but one thing I love, man, in the middle of the night, if I'm awake, I can get up and go to the altar. I love the altar, by the way, or the communion room. I love the communion room. To me, it represents the feet of Christ. Can I do the same prayer in my chair? Sure. Because the presence of God is with me. But Hebrews, I put this, I put this verse on there. Hebrews tells us, do not forsake the assembly. And what we have done in our culture, oh, you can meet God anywhere. God is this, God is, you know, and that's true. But God is not a personal God. He is and he isn't. God is a community God. Why do you think communion is meant communion? To do in community. The love of God was not just for you and for your benefit. And that's how we've turned the church into it's a self-help group of people. Well, I got God. I felt God. I felt the presence of God. I was in my chair drinking coffee and, and I was reading my Bible. I just felt God. I was singing a praise to the Lord. And then I went out and cussed my neighbor out because his dog crapped in my yard. Well, that love of God only works in that chair. What good is feeling the love of God in your morning and your prayer if you don't go out in the world and share it? What good is the love of God if you keep it to yourself? That is not what God designed it. And I have come in the readings to understand if that's the only thing that you got love of God, can you even call yourself a Christian? Is there enough evidence in your life by the people that are not Christians to convict you as being a Christian? It comes down to the point, people. The love of God, the love of God is meant to be shared in community, but shared in the world is to change people's lives, is it not? Think about this, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, Kathy, Harold, Tan, Audrey, Tom, and the rest of you. Because I love you. Because I love you. And you. I have broken my body for you. <coughs> Not to pick on anybody. I got Sam here today, so I get to pick on Sam. Sam, Jesus said 2,000 years ago, and you know this, you and me have had this talk. I know you're going to be addicted to drugs. And you're going to need help to get off of them. Some are addicted to food, some are pornography, some are addicted to something else, smoking, whatever. We, we've all addicted, probably addicted to something. Just Sam. Jesus says, Sam, I pour out my blood for the forgiveness. Now, is that not powerful? Because I love you. I will die for you. And he did. Is there any greater love than one that will die for you? But yet Jesus says, that is how we're to love. It's those that are willing to die to glorify the Father. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, 
Lord, I just praise you. Lord, I just can't get it over to praise you for the bread and, and the juice. Lord, it's going to be your body and your blood. It's for us. And Lord, I can just see at that table, 2,000 years, you're lounging. John's on one side, Judas is on the other. And all the craziness and the tension of that meeting that going on that night, you said, Larry, Tammy, Harold, Bud, Sue, Autry, G. Daddy. You see, you mentioned our name. Just because I love you. I break my body for you. Because I love you, I will pour out my blood to break you of the chains of your past. Do this often to remember what I have done for you. And you be my hands and feet and go out into the world and love as I have loved you. And Lord, for that, for this day, for this communion, we are truly thankful. And Lord, we ask you this in the power of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If Tammy would come first and then our other singing people, if I could get uh, Sam and we'll take this off real quick. I want you also to come. And Harold, this is Harold, your name is always mentioned. You're the communion guy. The body of Christ broken for you. Free, we'll, we'll give you a blessing.